You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. So excited that you're here with me today. As always, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing incredible caffeinated beverages. Seriously, check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. You will not regret it. So on the program today, I sit down and talk with Dr. Everett Piper, and we just talk about the world in which we live, the insanity of everything that's going on in the world and uh, just the things that are going on in his life and, and his his life after retirement from Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the things that he's doing now uh, to further the, the things of Jesus. And so I, I want to continue this conversation with him. So I hope it encourages you and challenges you this week. Welcome back to the Northfield Radio Program. Dr. Everett Piper, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. And you? Uh, I'm doing really, really good. Um, Dodging COVID? <laughs> I have so far. <laughs> Likewise. It's been insane. Oh my goodness. This is, the world is on fire and it's nuts and everybody seems to have their head buried in the sand. It's like we've got the statue of safety uh, guarding our eastern shore rather than the statue of liberty. <laughs> we've lost our minds. We have completely lost our minds. Um, so uh, it's been a while since uh, you were on the program. Um what what's been going on in your world? Well, I can't remember when I was on last, but uh, it was right know, around Christmas time, okay. uh, two years ago, I think. Oh my, oh my! So I was still president of Oklahoma Wesleyan at the time. Uh, I've retired from Oklahoma Wesleyan. I'm now the president emeritus of Oklahoma Wesleyan. Okay. And I'm spending all of my time full time writing. I'm a columnist for the Washington Times on a weekly basis, and I um, am writing. Um, uh, I've written a new book, uh, and I'm waiting for Regnery, Salem, to release it. It'll be titled Grow Up. It'll be a sequel to Not a Daycare. Not a Daycare, yeah. Um, and also doing a lot of speaking, public speaking, and tons of radio. I do a radio, sta- I do a radio show in Cleveland every Thursday morning. I do one in Minneapolis uh, weekly. I do one every month called um, America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatos. Georg- yeah. And on American Family Radio, and I'm going to be starting my own show with a, a station in Southern Tulsa uh, soon, probably next week. But uh, wow. don't have much more information on that right now. But I'll be starting the Everett Piper Show, the Dr. Piper Show, with that particular station. That's um, great. Daily show. Awesome. Um, have you? Are you enjoying? I, I, is it retiring? You're not retired. Well, so. retired from Oakwood, and yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see it, but we're in his in his awesome little cabin. I love the man cave cabin. Well, yeah, this was this was I've got a this one room cabin out here on my little slice of heaven out in the Osage Hills, where I had uh, no electricity, uh, n- no plumbing, and I would come out here uh, and hang out back in the day to get out of town. But Marcy didn't really appreciate the uh, outhouse, so we built our retirement home out here on this property. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, everything that's going on in the world. What do you think? What do you think of all this? The the COVID thing. I mean, just uh, 
it went from relatively in in the beginning of March where everybody seemed to have cool heads, but it's now May. And I, I talked to a guy on the phone yesterday, and they said their company wasn't going to open back up till the 1st of September. Then their company may not open back up. I mean, how can you <laughs> shut down the world until the 1st of September and expect to just ramp it back up and have people care about your business or the things that you sell? I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. That's asinine. Now, I need to make clear, Caleb, I am not a COVID denier. I Oh, I'm not either. I, I, there is a disease, mm-hmm. and we need to acknowledge that. And I also, as a Christian, believe that I need to be sensitive to those people that are afraid and those people that don't want to get sick. Sure. I would do that in any situation. If flu, cold. Flu, if I've got a cold and I'm coughing and I'm hacking, I'm probably not going to call you up and take you out for coffee because I would be rude yep. to expose you to that. Exactly. And COVID has nothing to do with that. It's just being polite. When I sit on an airplane and somebody's coughing, hacking, and sneezing, I'm thinking, why didn't you cancel the flight? Why are you sitting here mm-hmm. annoying all of us by doing this? Or yeah. when I go to a store, if somebody's doing that, um, I expect uh, people to behave and to be sensitive and be courteous to others around them when they're ill. Yeah. We should be doing that with COVID, too. Um the Apostle Paul tells us if eating meat offends my brother, then I shouldn't eat meat. Yeah. Well, if not social distancing offends my brother, then I'll social distance. If I go into a store, <laughs> the first thing I do is I ask, do you want me to wear a mask? If they say wear a mask, I put on a mask. If they say we don't care, I don't care. So I try to show deference sure. to my brothers and sisters. And that seems to be the common sense way for us to behave. If... I don't want to expose grandma to my sickness, then I'm not going to go over to grandma's house. Exactly. And if grandma doesn't want to be exposed to my kids' illnesses, then grandma can stay home. <laughs> and that's the way the world has usually worked, but we've lost our minds It's like right we're supposed now. to be grown-ups? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Like maybe in South Dakota where the governor actually said, I trust you. <laughs> I trust you people to act like human beings, act like adults, act like grown-ups, yep. and we'll function accordingly. And it seems like South Dakota's doing just fine with that attitude. I think that they're doing... I just had a, my friend Dave Melhoff. We were just talking and he said, hey, they're doing wonderful. There's, he, that's where his home state is. It's not so good. His mom and dad are still there. And he said, things are going wonderful. And somebody, when I was talking or writing on this particular issue, and I said South Dakota, one of my friends who's conservative responded and said, yeah, but they've only got 138 people that live in South Dakota. <laughs> As if my point was somehow invalidated because the population of South Dakota is rural. But my response is, no, you just made my point for me because South Dakota is not New York. Yeah. And therefore, South Dakota shouldn't have to respond like New exactly. York. New York should not be imposing its ways on all the rest of the world, hmm. whether, whether it's its moral ways or its financial ways. Yep. So, it, we don't live in New York because we chose to live in Oklahoma and I like Oklahoma. I don't like New York, exactly. and I don't want New York imposing its COVID strategy on me. But yet, I mean, you're going to have to shut me up here. But yet, in <laughs> Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, a state which has not had one county vote blue in four successive presidential elections, in Oklahoma, if you drive over to Vanita, you've got 
Chuck Hoskins, who is the mayor of Vanita, who has issued a municipal order that tells you, Caleb, that if you live in Vanita, you can't get in your truck to go fishing alone. You can't get in your pickup to go hunting alone. And if you're caught hunting or fishing alone in Vanita, you are subject to a $500 fine and up to 30 days in, days in jail. In Vanita, Oklahoma... There is an insane asylum there. This, <laughs> this mayor, this little Orwellian mayor in Vanita, mm. Oklahoma, deserves the Orwell of the Year Award because yep. he has proven Lord Acton Wright. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Somebody needs to go over there and tell this little guy to back down mm -hmm. and stop taking our First Amendment, Second Amendment, and all of our rights away from us. And in fact, the law firm Lee and Coates in Vanita, Oklahoma, has sued the mayor nice. for his violations of the constitutional rights of the citizens of Vanita. That's the thing that I'm my mind's blown with is we we are handing over our constitutional rights, lock, stock, and barrel, to feel safe. And it, it to me, it just it seems backwards. And I would have thought there was more liberty-loving Americans that would have been like, uh, no, 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 we're not going to do But it seems like there's just, as a whole, I know that there's individuals. I know that there's individuals that are, that are standing up. But uh, as a... As a as a whole, it feels like the country is just sort of, kind of, okay, they say we need to be safe, so here we go. I think at the front end we were all confused because right? we were seeing the news out of China and we were listening to these models that you could have a million people, two million people in the United States die from this disease. And because we didn't know, we didn't know the answer, we all were fairly gracious and we thought, well... Maybe we need to back off. Maybe this is uh, a world war of sorts where mm -hmm. we need to rally the troops and we need to uh, accept these draconian measures. But then as time played itself out, we realized that the models were bad. They, they didn't make any sense. They didn't work. The numbers were really bad. And then when we started to listen to other scientists that were saying, wait a second, you've got herd immunity issues that need to be considered. Yeah. You've got other nations such as Sweden which aren't locking down. And their numbers aren't all that bad. Tokyo, the most densely populated city in the world, only has 300 plus deaths. Hmm. But yet New York City has 25, 29,000, whatever the number is. So you've got 20,000 deaths in New York City and you've got 300 in Tokyo. Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying somewhere. Either Tokyo's lying or New York City's lying or both of them are lying because anybody that understands statistical analysis has to conclude that the numbers are being cooked yep. by somebody here. Yep. And yet the conservative who says what I just said is the science denier? No, mm -hmm. I'm not the science denier. I want to follow the science. Yeah. I want real numbers. I want real data. I want to draw some conclusions not on hyperbole, not on hype, not on fear, not on safety, just for the sake of safety, I want real numbers that are going to help me be a free person within a constitutional republic. Yeah, and that's and that was my whole thing. Is I, I never said that this wasn't an actual thing. I it was my biggest concern when I saw businesses starting to shut down. They started just closing the doors, saying we're done. We're we're going to just close up shop for a little bit. I mean, Starbucks, they closed up completely. Like they're no drive-through, no drive-through, nothing. 
Which I'm like, that model's not sustainable. No. You haven't had an income for the entire company in over a month. Mm-hmm. That, as a model, doesn't feel like it's going to work out. And there's no, there's no sign that says, okay, we're going to be open on X date. That's at least here in our town. Right. But nationwide, I mean, they could be closed indefinitely. Well, and then you've got the, the inconsistencies in terms of the exercise, uh, or excuse me, the, um, the restrictions on our, on our rights. For example, even in Oklahoma, even in Bartlesville, um, I can go to the drive through window at McDonald's and get a burger yep. from a 17-year-old that doesn't know squat about anything. <laughs> yep. And frankly, when I get that burger, they are not social distancing in there. I look through yep. the window. You've got 17-year-olds hanging over the top of one another without masks, getting my burgers and fries, putting them in a bag and handing them to me. Yep. Okay, so I can go to the drive-through window at McDonald's and get that burger, but yet I can't go to the drive-in church and read my Bible. Yeah. Why? I just I was just I can get a burger, but I can't read my Bible. Or you can stand in line at Walmart. Not, I mean, literally this close to, I mean, as close as we're sitting. Right. I was in line. Actually, I refused to stand in line. But I drove by Walmart the other day, and they were just, I mean, they're lined up. And I wanted to roll my window down and scream out, hey, guys, this is just a trial run of socialism. Just wanted you to know this and to keep going. But you can't do that. But yet in Kansas City, I I just saw this article. I think you posted it as well. Kansas City posted, uh, or is their government, mayor, whoever, their leadership in, in, in Kansas City is requiring all of the um, names, phone numbers, and addresses of their members so right. that they can track this thing. Of churches. Of churches. Not, we're not tracking people at Walmart. We're not tracking the people at, at, at the, you know, the gas station or anything else. But we're asking for all this information for people. Why do they need that information? Well, first of all, the churches should, should say no. It's time Absolutely. For, it's time for some civil disobedience. And we'll, maybe we can use this as a segue to talk about how the church is responding. But yeah. when you've got de Blasio in New York telling the Jews that I'm done warning you. Oh, I saw that. To Jews. Does this guy understand history at all? You're actually telling Jews, quote unquote, I'm done warning you. Hmm. To Jews. What's next? Are you going to make them wear yellow stars? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. And in Kansas City, the Christians have to register. Hmm. They have to register. Do we need a yellow cross? Well, or maybe get something tattooed on our forehead or, or our maybe, wrist. Or I don't know. I'm not sure how this works. These people are actually doing this. Yeah. This isn't an Orwellian novel. This isn't some dystopian reading any longer. This is the reality of the Daily News. But what really frustrates me, my biggest bone to pick in this whole uh, story is the way some of our woke evangelical pastors are responding. <laughs> and when I speak up or you speak up and say, wait a second, what about our what about our First Amendment rights? Exactly. What about the right to assembly? What about the freedom of religion? What gives the government any right to tell me how to engage in my worship? And what gives the government any right to tell the church what it can or cannot do? When we say that, Oh, you're not honoring Scripture. You're not obeying Romans, Romans 13. 13. You're not obe- obeying First Peter. Yep. Because both Paul and Peter told us that we're supposed to obey the government because a sovereign God put the government in charge to control uh, human evil. I agree with that. The Bible does say that. But stop cherry-picking your Thank Scriptures. You. Thank you. Consider the entire narrative of the Scriptures. Because if you're going to tell me 
that you've always got to bow to Caesar and honor the government, then you've got to strike the story of Moses and Exodus from the Bible because mm -hmm. Moses stood against Pharaoh and defied him. Yeah. You've got to strike the story of Jephthah and Gideon and Samson and Deborah from the Bible. The Bible is full of people who were told by God to stand against despotic governments because a king or a pharaoh was compromising human freedom and human liberty. Exactly. So these woke evangelicals need to stop cherry-picking their Bible verses and stop this terrible exegesis that somehow concludes that any time the government says jump, we're supposed to jump. The Bible does not say that. I, no, it does not. I, I That's the thing. I, I could not get over that. How many people that I know, that I, you know, that I consider conservative... They're looking at the, well. They're, they're, this is what they told us to do. We need to we need to listen to them. And I, I I asked the question on a little. I did a little mini segment on my radio show earlier in the month of April, and I asked the question to my conservative brothers and sisters: If the Obama administration or Hillary Clinton was telling us to do this, would we be bowing down so quickly? Just oh, we got to listen to them. They 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 know what they're doing. Would we would we be doing that, or would we be going? Would we be questioning at, at minimum questioning saying? Why are we, why are we having to do this? Right. What's the purpose of all of this? And I just, I just feel like we're not questioning the way we should question. We're just letting it go. And and I, and the thing that is really concerning is we're seeing how powerful local government really is, and, and how power hungry there political uh, appointees or those that are politically elected are. Um, you look at the mayor of Tulsa. I mean, G.T. Bynum is on a power trip. Big time. Um, this guy in Vanita, he's on a power trip. De Blasio is on a power trip. Now you have others that are acting with humility and saying, I trust the people of South Dakota or whatnot to behave mm -hmm. and to act accordingly. And when you look at the numbers in South Dakota, they're not suffering disproportionately to any other area of the yeah. nation. No. When you look at Sweden, Sweden basically did a something similar, similar to what South Dakota is doing. They didn't shut down all of their restaurants. They actually implemented some common sense hmm. requests of their people. I thought Sweden was like the... The, the, the socialist the, mecca of the world. It's you know. the end-all be-all. Well, on COVID, <laughs> they're actually honoring human dignity and human freedom more huh. so than places than Veneta, Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, the world is upside <laughs> down. The world say, is upside down. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. So how like how do you think the church should how should we respond to these kind of things? As you know, cuz I am I'm, I'm a pastor in Kansas now and they are they're concerned that you know, cuz their governor is a complete liberal hack and <laughs> she is not conservative by any stretch of the imagination and she went to battle with the judges in the conservative judges in kansas to try to strike down us being able to gather together i mean we're we're, we're doing stuff in the yard i mean we're having church in the front yard we're not even using our building right now like this sunday we're going to be in the yard have a sound system out people can sit in lawn chairs sit on blankets sit in their cars mm -hmm. that way people feel safe which I, i'm that's why i'm wanting to do this i want people to feel safe but my concern is where does this end? How do we how do we handle this? Well, I think there are two things that the that I'm obligated. I'm going to speak for myself as okay. a Christian to answer your question, and then I'll let other people can draw their conclusions as to whether or not my model is appropriate for them. Okay. But I think the Bible does call for me to honor government. Um, 
but that has to be done in context. If the government is ever asking me to do something that compromises human dignity, human freedom, or compromises the God's call upon my life in terms of what he demands of me, in terms of morality and worship, then I need to tell the government to take a hike. Yeah. And again, if you look at the entire narrative of Scripture, there's tons of evidence of that happening. I'll repeat myself. Moses, Jephthah, Deborah, Gideon, Samson, and even Paul, and even Peter spent tons of time in jail. Why? Because they defied the government. Yeah. Don't and they the both word. lost their lives because they defied the government. Nope. So you can't go to Peter and Paul and say, well, yeah, you always have to do what the government says because they didn't. Yep. Context. Context is always king. Another point. I do believe that I am supposed to show deference to my weaker brother. Absolutely. So if somebody is vulnerable to disease, then I should be sensitive to that. Like I said in the beginning of the show, if not social distancing offends my brother, then I probably ought to social distance just out of deference to them because that doesn't mean I'm giving away my liberty or giving away my freedom. It means I'm honoring them. Now, the next step, point number three, I think it's time for the church to stand up and give a stiff arm to the government and those that want more power and say no. Because in the United States, guess who the government is? The people. So if you want to argue that we're going to honor the government, in the United States, that is we the people. And we need to remind our elected officials, we're in charge. Yep. We're in charge. Don't tell me that you're going to exercise some sort of unilateral power and control because that's not a constitutional republic. And then finally, civil disobedience. I really think the churches in Kansas and Oklahoma ought to say, we are going to be sensitive. We are going to social distance because we're nice people. We're yep. kind people. We're loving to be. people. But we're not going to allow the government to dictate what we do and what we don't do. So we're going to have church on the front lawn. We're going to have drive-in church. We're going to have church in our sanctuary and social distance and have hand sanitizers and hand out masks. Yep. We're going to do that. And frankly, governor, if you don't like it, too bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I listened to a guy. I don't know. Have you, have you ever heard of Jeff Durbin? Yes. So I heard a little clip that he put online the other day. And he said, "What we've done in, in the in, under the guise of uh, loving our neighbor, we've drawn a circle around a small group of people and say we're going to love our neighbor because we, we, which is it sounds great, right? But all the while we're ignoring the millions upon millions that are now affected by unemployment. Yep, they've lost Poverty, their jobs, malnutrition, espousal abuse, yeah, child, child abuse." abuse. Uh, the, the list goes on. And you know the irony, Caleb, when, when I was in college, and I think probably true for you too, uh, I was a psych major. And in the social sciences, it was argued and has been argued for decades that the cause of all human dysfunction is the economy. Yeah. And that if we would just have a just, a socially just and economically just world, then terrorism would go away yeah. and violence would go away. <clears throat> And gun shooting, you know, shootings would go, would go away. away. Everything would go away. Murder would go down. Spousal abuse would go down because we just need to give everybody full employment and have a minimum wage of $100 an hour and everything would be cool. <laughs> That's what I was taught. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is now the left, the progressives, and our woke friends within the United, in, the, in the evangelical church are screwing up the economy. They're destroying the economy. 
Because the economy doesn't matter. We just all need to be safe. Yeah. You know, Michael Ramston with the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics said this in a webinar that he conducted at the front end of the COVID thing. He said, the greatest risk to human freedom in the 21st century is artificial intelligence. Hmm. He said, how so? And what's that have to do with COVID? Well, let's assume that we invented robots, AI robots, that are programmed to give human beings the maximum amount of safety and security. That's their job, to keep human beings safe. Well, let's say that those AI robots, because of the way they've been programmed, quickly figure out that in order to keep all human beings safe to the maximum degree is to confine us all in a 10, fi, 10, fi, excuse me, 10 by 10 foot cubicle mm -hmm. where we're free from disaster, disease, we're free from anything <laughs> negative. They're going to feed us intravenously in our little 10 by 10 foot cubicles. And they're going to keep us alive. Oh, they'll expand our average lifespan from 75 to 85 years. But for all of those 85 years, yes, we're safe from disaster and disease. We're safe from any negative things that could happen to us. But are we free? The answer is no. no. So... Do we, as, a, as human beings, want to be safe? Is that our highest good? Is that our first thing, C.S. Lewis? Or do we want to be free? We need to understand, are human beings defined by their freedom, or are they defined by our safety? Um, again, live in the Soviet Union. Live in Cuba. Yep. Live in, in Venezuela. <laughs> live in China. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah. <laughs> but are you free? What do we want? What's our highest good? Uh, my, my, I want freedom. <laughs> that's that's the end goal. That should yep. be at least that should be the end goal for all Americans is that we want to be free. To, and that's the reason we came here. That was the whole reason um, folks showed up over here was to to ha be able to worship freely and not have the government tell us what to do. It's insane. Well, um, anything? We got a couple minutes left. Anything exciting coming up for you? I know that you know you said COVID's. Sort of kind of squashed our speaking stuff, so we I, yeah, I, I do yeah. that and you do that both. Um, well, hopefully that ramps back up after we regain our sanity. But yeah, all <laughs> my speaking engagements were canceled. I, again, I remind people that are listening. I write for the Washington Times. I'm an opinion writer, one of their columnists. Yeah, it comes out every weekend. It either it comes out on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on how they want to release it. Um, I do several radio shows. Yours among those. I will be starting my own radio show, and if people want to follow that and listen to that, you can go to DrEverettPiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. So DrEverettPiper.com. You can follow me on Twitter, and that's DrEverettPiper, at DrEverettPiper. That's on Twitter. So follow me on Facebook, follow me on uh, my website, or follow me on Twitter, and I'll keep you informed as to my columns, as well as my upcoming radio show that I'll be doing on a daily basis. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much. Um, would you dismiss us in prayer? I'd be honored to. Heavenly Father, thank you for Caleb's ministry and his strength and standing for you and the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture. Continue to bless that. Bless all those who are listening, and be with those that are ill or afraid of being sick, and I pray that you'll keep them healthy. But um, at the same time, help us to understand that as a nation, um, freedom hmm. is important. And that as C.S. Lewis told us of the great lion Aslan, uh, he is not safe 
Aslan is not safe, but he's good. Do we want goodness or do we want safety? Uh, C.S. Lewis seemed to believe that goodness was paramount and a first thing over and above those things that are safe. Help us to remember that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for being here. All right. Blessings. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.